Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Adi, a boy raised by a clairvoyant mother, decides to adopt a bullied misfit into a gang to his gang of outsiders left to their own devices the boys explore aggression and violence but also learn about loyalty and love as their behavior escalates towards life-threatening situations adi begins to experience a series of dreamlike visions i'll leave it there this is a wonderful film it's called beautiful beings and um just an exploration of what it is to be young what is what it is to explore life and to not quite understand the ramifications of your own actions until for some it's too late we're joined today by the director of this wonderful film Gudmundur Arnar Gudmundsen welcome to film school radio thank you this feels like it there's elements of the story certainly that are a lived in experience for you in some way um is that an accurate way to put it yeah, yeah. It, it, the the film and story is inspired from uh, a period in my life when I was growing up in the suburbs of Reykjavik. Yeah, toxic masculinity and violence among boys was quite high. Like violence was uh, considered like a virtue, like a, a toolkit that was quite important to have. So what? inspired this what at this point in your career as a filmmaker what was the uh, impetus for you to begin this project well, basically after my first film Hearthstone I wasn't really sure what you know what what would I do next and I didn't want to do another film about youth because I had done a couple of short films in my first feature all about youth and I wanted to you know avoid being branded as the youth director and then I kept having dreams about this period in my life and they were kind of haunting me almost. And I wasn't sure if there was actually a story that to be told. And but when I sat down and started writing, it just yeah, I, I realized quite quickly that there was a great story there and great characters. And yeah, and I really enjoyed reconnecting to this year, even though it's a fictional story in the end. You know, yeah. it takes inspiration from, from different directions. Well, what I appreciate about the story and the development of the story and the characters in it is it takes us into, into some ways in familiar, uh, familiar, cinematically familiar situations with young men yeah. who are kind of without direction and don't know exactly. They're just trying to figure out life. But the way that, that the film unfolds, the humanity of it, of these of these people in the film. Yeah comes through in ways that are are feel qualitatively different than what we're used to seeing in, the, in the, this kind of a film. So mm. that's something I really, I think is a real strength of the film. Yeah, thank you very much. In creating these characters, Adi, Bali, Kony, and Sigi, are we looking at four sides of, of, the, of the young male experience? Or what were you thinking of as you were creating the different characters? And particularly of interest to me, I mean, they're all very interesting characters. They truly are. And these, by the way, we'll get to this. The actors are wonderful in this. But uh, certainly Adi is an important, certainly a very important part of the story. But Kony and his his story, his backstory 
is in yeah. some ways the most compelling for me. But go ahead. What yeah. went into your development of the characters? What were you thinking? I mean, writing for me is a very intuition process. So when I start writing, I, I start exploring the characters. For me, it's important that all of the characters are bringing something into that friend group. You know, so one has kind of this role and is giving the, the group this dynamic. The other one is maybe that funny guy and you're giving it kind of a different dynamic. So it's just the hierarchy of the friend group is important and what what all of them bring. Um, the biggest kind of thought in that was like figuring out what Palle, the new boy, what does he bring into the friend group? Besides from having a home they can hang out in, you know, like what you know what? How does he change the group? When I write, it's it's a process when where I I write down thoughts, ideas, emotions, feelings, visuals. I kind of explore a lot of things, build them up in a pot, like moments, scenes, memories. And then I, when I have enough, I just start writing. And when I start to write the first draft, I really, only thing I know about is how I want to start the film and how I want to end it. That's the, like the two scenes I kind of try to figure out right in the beginning. And then I just start writing and I just see where it takes me. And, and a lot of times there comes scenes that I'm not sure if they belong in this film or what if I want them to be in that film. And then I write that in some other other document that I can just take out later if I want to. Uh, but after kind of like the only rule is like not say no to any idea and let everything come. And then in the rewriting, that's where I start really developing and breaking down what's the story about and where should this scene be and you know so that so that's really kind of a the more functional side of my brain who starts forming the script but in the first draft it's always still kind of like 60 70 percent of, of the story is there and then i just have to figure out out what's the story about <laughs> you know, and and, and yeah, yeah, and, and who are these characters? I I, I also I, I I like writing backstories about the characters and detailed enough, so I know, and yeah, I know who they are, and then I like kind of building them on someone I know. It's it's it maybe a little shortcut if I find like a friend, someone I know, and I kind of start building the character on him. And then maybe I take, you know, I squeeze two, three people together into one character. I would make the argument, that's the right way to put it, that the introduction of Bali into the group allows for these characters to become vulnerable. It yeah. allows for their emotional development to, to start to occur in a way. Yeah, yeah. And especially for the main character, Atti, who then yeah, becomes the main character. Bali is the one who helps Ati kind of, yeah, accept who he is, you know, like take us, yeah, 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 kind of leave, you know, leave the path that he was on. It's fascinating to watch, especially as Adi, um, <clears throat> he doesn't struggle with the acceptance of bringing Bali into it, but you can see their, you can see their very immediate relationship. And, you know, now Bali gets acceptance, he gets a sense of, not being the outcast in very emotionally wrenching kinds of ways. And for Adi, he, he 
you can see that this is something he really has struggled with and wants to be a part of his life, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, like a you know, it's an element that's missing in that group, you know, and and uh, yeah, and I think like first it's you know let's have you know feel sorry for him, but then it becomes like yeah, it's a ballet is bringing a softness to that group that the group is missing. Yeah. And for young men, especially in this age, the teenage years, that is probably the last part of the development of, at least been my experience, maybe, and for me, I can say this, that this vulnerability, this kind of allowing people to be, yeah, vulnerable and to, and to accept that is the, is probably the last, one of the last things that, that we men develop in terms of our growth, our emotional growth. It is seemed to be, it seems to be something that we are so reluctant to accept. And I don't know if it, and I'm just speculating here on my own sort of thought process here, but I don't know if the vulnerability equates to a feminization of one's persona and that therefore becomes something that we're reluctant to do. I'm not quite sure where that fits in, in, in kind of the emotional landscape. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, um, I think it's, the you know, the society, like the toxic masculinity, like that, uh, and I think that's changing quite fast. I can see my boy, who's nine year old, he allows himself to be vulnerable, and 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 I think he's going to have that as a teenager as well. And I can see like my nephews and that they, you know, uh, yeah, they allow themselves to be much more vulnerable than I would have at that age. Yeah, it's important. It's very important for boys to be allowed to be vulnerable. Yeah, what the root is, if it's, you know, because I can also see boys now being vulnerable when I'm casting them 12, 13, like younger. And then I meet, the, like, when I see them getting older, they kind of toughen up a bit and they kind of stop that. They're like, they don't want to show their vulnerability as much. So, you know, and then they come to a stage where they kind of accept it again. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, yeah, accept, yeah, why that is, if it's the fear of being feminine or fear of being weak or, yeah, or weak. if you're yeah yeah there yeah yeah weak that's yeah, the thing yeah. i want to remind our listeners we're speaking with umandur arnar goodmanson and he is the director of a wonderful narrative film called beautiful beings and there are other elements again it's all about this character development of one of the mm. one of the strength again another strength of the film is the introduction and the importance of people outside of their their group of the the four boys the father of bali the mother of adi um just things that are introduced that are the sort of countervailing influences in their life and also creates a context for understanding so much more about the film so again in terms of character development because this film is about us understanding and and uh, and and falling really falling for these these young men as they as they move through their life what were your again were you looking for these elements to create tension were you what was the what was somebody like like bali's father what what were, what were you uh, and by the way the performance and help me out with it with the the actor who who, who played him he was wonderful Oliver Tarri. yes yeah. Oliver Tarri. For me, it, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's always these two sides, like, uh, 
it's it's kind of understanding the boys like and and that's why early in the film i there is this element of a voiceover you know where I, where i'm you know where at is telling talking about his friends and and how they are and their families and that uh, because those boys are behaving in a way in the film in the film that might make you dislike them but when you understand them and you understand where they're coming from you connect to them and you understand their behavior as well and you don't judge them for it you kind of just wish them to grow you know to to succeed or or grow with Ola Dari then yeah he's clearly a threat in that film and he's clearly a counterweight both to understand what's going on in Bali's life but also he's the element that's gonna finally throw those boys out of the, of the track. Yeah. But, but for, yeah. Him, for me, he's also, he also represents what's going to happen. That's right. If, 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 yeah, if you continue on that road, you know, where, where's the end of that road? And, and that's where the stepfather is. Yeah. And I, I mentioned earlier what a tremendous perform all these, these, all four of these young men are just wonderful in the film. And, uh, but, for me, Coney, as I mentioned earlier, is the one character who is the most conflicted. And in, and it's in his realm. It's his, in his part of the, the film where we see this, the, the question of sexuality, the questions about as you become more and more sexual in, your, in the way that you understand life and, and those, the struggle that everyone goes through on some level. Mm. But, but to see Coney and what he's dealing with and kind of the wellspring of his violence in terms of mm. the way he behaves is really a very powerful part of the film for me. I think in some ways, as I said, the most powerful element in the in, from, in, of the characters is, is yeah. his progress. Mm. If you might talk a little bit about what we were thinking with his character. Am I, is that sound right yeah. to you, what I'm saying about him in terms of- Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 definitely. and and. Uh... For me, like he's a character that for me was very important that we would connect to and like, despite because he has the worst behavior of them all, and he's the source of of so many troubles in the film. But and he is the most conflicted character. You know, he's like extremely emotional, connecting with his friends in in a very soft manner, but at the same time, he's the outburst of anger and violence. That causes the problems. Yeah, so it's like um, for me, it, it was just that actor is also just he who played him. He's extremely good, uh, yeah. Victor Pirani, and he was so versatile. He he, he felt like a, a professional actor. He, like he, I could, you know, he we could play around in the scenes. You know, we could shoot that scene with that. You know, with a certain way of going about the scene and then we could take to the opposite way and he would just play with it and have fun with it yeah yeah and 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 the most the biggest thing is like all those boys are extremely different in real life they come from supportive families they want to be actors you know they came for a casting so when they read the script and we told them about the script you know, like the film was about they were really excited oh can we smoke that was the biggest <laughs> excitement. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to beat people. Like, I've never been in a fight in my life. So how do we do that? And so he started training and 
the feeling of inevitability with his character is more pervasive for me. The, the thing that it feels like he's the one who in some ways has the least control over where, where he's going to end yeah. up in the film. He is the one who fears the, the judgment of others the most. He's the one who has the least impulse control. And he's the you know, the one who's most capable of hurting someone. So 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 he just has those elements. And at the same time, he's the he's the one who will run into the burning house and save his friends. You know, you know, he, you know. So he's like a, he has those beautiful, very contrasted and very negative sides. You know? Well, I I cannot thank you enough for the work here. It's just a it's just an exceptional film. Uh, it's called Beautiful Beings. And it is being released here in the United States. It is opening up here in Los Angeles at the Lemley Glendale Theater on January 20th. And I urge you to look for this. I don't, again, if if once it gets to a, a wider release or if you're in New York or if you're in the Los Angeles area, to check this out. It's a, just a, an exceptional film. And um, I want to thank you so much for your work. And for thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. I want to also thank you so much for spending a little time with us here on Film School Radio. We've been speaking with Gudmundur Anar Gudmundsen, the director as well as the writer of this wonderful film, Beautiful Beings. Yep. Thank, thank you. you very much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.